I want you to know that, you know, it is an awesome, awesome privilege for me to be able to stand here before you and to just begin to share with you what the Lord has laid in my heart. And even as I walked into the service this evening, as I walked in, of course, my heart was pumping, duk, 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 you know, as any one of you, you want to stand in front and talk to a group of people, you don't even know whether they like you, don't even know whether they're listening to you or not, your heart will go duk, 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 right? So even as I was walking in, I, I felt that. But as I was walking to the front, I began to feel an excitement like never before. I began to feel that, hey, you know, God, you are going to do something today. You are going to do something today. And I believe and I trust that even as we sit in the presence of the Lord this evening, that you will receive something from the Lord. Amen? Are you ready? Would you turn to your neighbor and say, are you ready? That's right. And then you tell them, I was born ready. Amen. Amen. So I want you to know that God is going to do something new. God is going to do something new. How many of you, I want to ask this question is, how many of you enjoy moving and enjoy changes in your life. Raise your hands. You love it. You can't do without it. Oh, you love it. Wow. One, two. Anyone else? Anyone from the back? You love changes? Wow. I think the two or three of you are very rare. Rare people. Rare people. I must say this. Moving from house to house or moving from country to country can be very, very tiring. The fact of the matter is you've got to pack and then you've got to unpack. Then you've got to throw things which you do not need or you have been keeping for many years. So all these things can be very tiring. So what does it mean by us moving? For the rest of us, we all don't like moving. We don't like, we are creatures of comfort, right? So we like to go to the same places for dinner. After service, where shall we go? Go to the same place lah. Right, as you drove into this church this evening, you park in your same place now. Correct? Am I, am I right? Right. And even as you are sitting here, you also are sitting at your same place now. No change. Why? Because we are all creatures of habit. We all gravitate to our comfort zone, gravitate to our favorite spot. And then, when I ask you to shake your hands, just now, you shake your hands with the... Same people lah. True or not? How many of you actually really make the effort to walk up to a stranger? Someone you do not know. Raise your hands. Wow. Pat yourself on the back and say, good job. Good job. But most of the time, we always talk to our favorite people, talk to the people that we know and are comfortable with. Do any of these things describe any of us here? Yes? Yes. But do you know, I must show you a big word now. Nah? Big word, then you all will feel that, wow. You learn something, huh? Okay. Now, the fear of moving, making changes, and trying new things. Do you know what that is? Do you know what phobia that is? It's called metatosiophobia. Can you say that? It's not shikaraba Sunday, no. It's metatosiophobia. A fear of moving, making changes, and trying new things. And I think sometimes as children, you know, when they are growing up, they will try a few things, but after a while, they do not want to try any new taste. They just want to stick to their same food. What do you want to eat? Chicken rice. What do you want to eat? Chicken rice. You know, what do you try something else? Chicken rice. Rice with chicken. Something like that. Okay? But we all try and almost every time prefer not to change. Well, this evening, I have news for you. It's time for change. You tell your friend next to you, it's time for change. It's time for change. Have you ever heard someone say, Ayo, something needs, to, something needs to change here. Something needs to be done. Or maybe you said it yourself. And it's easy to feel this way when, you know, when you feel that life gets stressful and you're overwhelmed with things. Like when your schedules are too full and you're working too hard and you have too many commitments. So what do we do when life is out of order and when we need a change? Much of the time we complain and we say we want change, yet... Can you fill in the blanks? Yet, we don't do anything. 
Is it true? People like to see change, but are not ready to commit to make that change. We know sometimes something needs to change, but we get stuck in procrastination or a passive mode, waiting around for someone else to do what we need to do. Some people get really frustrated and angry. Some have a victim mentality, you know, and say, you know, and blame others for the mess. Some get depressed and others just sink into self-pity. And some people walk away. They walk away from the environment, they walk away from the organization, and some walk away from church. Is it true? Yes, it is true. Good, good that we are embracing truth. So what we need in these times is to be stirred up with the determination that comes from the Holy Spirit that is in us, and as we declare that I am going to do something about this change, and I'm going to do something. So we're partners with God, and this means He has a part to play while we also do our part. Amen? Would you do your part this evening? I just want to share with you, change in itself is constant. Does it make sense to you? Change in itself is constant. If you don't understand what I mean, it's those of you who are married, would you turn around and look at your spouse, and you will be able to see that change is constant. Your spouse is changing from glory to glory. Getting more beautiful by the day, right? Now, to improve, Winston Churchill said this, to improve is to change. To be perfect is to change often. Wow. This really challenges our mind because we never like to change. But it's true. To be perfect is to change often. And if we do what we can do, God will do what we can't do. Amen. So I want to encourage you today, let go of your past and go for a new beginning. Can you tell yourself, let go. Let go. Let go of your past and let's go for the new beginning. Just want to share with you that slightly more than 12 years ago, some of you know my story, some know, but 12 years ago, my life was drastically changed. I became a mother of a special needs child. And do you know, for a long time, I shunned away from that title, from that label, a special needs child's mom. Believe me when I say this, I was miserable and I had many questions and doubts about God and what did I do to, to deserve all that has happened. I felt really sorry for myself. I felt down, frustrated. And there were even times when I thought I would just give up. Anyone here can identify with me? Raise your hands. Oh, good. Come on. Nobody wants to give up? Everybody is still going on? Wow, so good. Huh? So good. Huh? Wow, this church is perfect. <laughs> but as time went on, God's word showed me this. That I wasn't living, like what Pastor Sarah prayed today, you know, she was talking about living that abundant life. God showed me that I wasn't living the abundant life that Jesus died for me to have. I had a very negative mindset and I was miserable most of the time because I felt that someone just sabotaged my life, pulled the rug under me, didn't even check to see if I was okay or ready for it. It just happened. So in my brokenness, and as I spent time reading and searching the Word, I began to see that I needed to do something besides complain and murmur about my circumstances. I realized that I needed to change and I needed the power of God's Word to work in me so I could change the way I think, the way I talk, the way I walk, and so I could allow God to renew, renew a right spirit within me. Do you know that if I had stayed where I was, I could have allowed the devil to paralyze me. I always tell the children and I also tell the young adults as well. So the so one place where the devil, it is the devil's playground, it is your, it is your mind. 
If he gets you there, he will paralyze you. And if you allow him to play that on his terms, he will paralyze you and he can paralyze you for good. Now, I realized that that even as a circumstance had hit me, I had allowed Satan to paralyze me. And it was by God's grace and by God's mercy that I was able to say, enough is enough. How many of you here, you are facing challenges in your life and you are so tired, so very tired of going through the same thing again and again and again. And every time you're trying to stand up, you seem to be pushed down. And every time you try to stand up and say, I am going to take this step of change, and then you are pushed down. But I want you to know this. It is time for a new beginning. Amen? Amen? It is time for a new beginning. Some of us here, we are stuck in our past. And by the past, I do not just mean bad things that happen to us. I also mean that there are good things that happen to us. And sometimes when good things happen to us, we hold on to it so much so that we build something around it like a monument and we just look at it and say, wow, is that what happened to me? Wow. God, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your goodness. And then you look there and you stay there and you do not move on. So when you, when you are talking about being stuck in the past, it doesn't mean that we are stuck in something bad. It also can be something good. Don't dwell in it. If it is a good experience, praise the Lord. Remember and be thankful, but you must move on. Tell your neighbor, move on. Move on. Don't dwell. And if especially hard, it will be especially harder also if you are going through a tough time and that you remain stuck there. We can be stuck in a place of both bad and good experiences. When we allow that to happen, we will not move and we will not be a part of the next wave. Would you turn with me to Isaiah? Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18 to 19. I believe some of you already know this scripture. But sometimes we know the scripture in our heads, but we do not experience it in our hearts, in our lives, in our walk with the Lord. We just know. Do you know? Yes, I know. You tell the children, do you know David and Goliath's story? Yes, I know. They can even tell you the story. They don't need you to teach them. They know. But our prayer for this generation that is coming up is that they do not just know God in their heads, but they really do know God in their hearts. And so I want to encourage you today that even as Scripture, you hear it many times, but I want you to ask the Lord to show you something new this morning, uh, this evening. So Isaiah 43 verse 18 to 19 says, Do not earnestly remember the former things. Do not earnestly. And I think sometimes we really put a lot of energy and effort in remembering the former things. Neither consider the things of old. Here it comes. Behold. What does the Lord say? Behold, I am doing a new thing. I am doing a new thing. And now it springs forth. It springs forth. Do you not perceive and know it? And so friends, if you are stuck in that rut, if you are stuck in a place, whether it was a good experience or a bad experience, if you are so preoccupied with those things in your life, you are not going to be able to see it, neither will you be able to perceive what God is going to do. Do you not perceive and know it? And will you give heed to it? That God is going to do something new. Lift up your eyes above the hills. Lift it up. Don't just keep looking down on your circumstance and on your situation. But look up to our Father God 
who is ever so faithful, who is our good, good Father, that even as you look up, then you will be able to behold the new thing that God is going to do. Now it springs forth. It may look like a desolate place. It may look like a place where there will be no hope. It looked as though that to me in my life, when I was going through the season of going to look after Nathaniel, to bring him to different hospitals, and where the doctor says, oh my goodness, this is really bad. It looks bad. It looks so desolate. But even as I chose to make that decision to say that, hey, I am not going to be caught in this rut anymore. It takes gut to get out of the rut. So you need to step out. And I stepped out and I said, God, help me. Help me. That I may be able to see a new thing that is going to take place in my life. Although, of course, sometimes we will never understand why. Because when we look at things, we see things in our physical eyes. We see things just with our naked eyes. We do not see or perceive things of God. Why? Because God's ways are higher. Amen? God's ways are higher. And if we continue to look towards the Lord and know that God's ways are higher, you will be able to see and perceive and watch something new that is going to happen. If you do not perceive and know it and you will not give heed to it, then it will be very sad. In another, another version of the Bible in, of Isaiah, it says, Forget about what's happened. Don't keep over going over old history. I know some of us, we love to tell stories uh, of our past. And we get really passionate about it because in the good old days, this is how it is, you know. But it's not wrong to reminisce about our past. It's not wrong. But the Bible says, if you get into the rut, forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert. Be present. You know, some of us, even as we are living in this world, we are not living. We are just existing. You get up in the morning, you just go through the whole motion, going to work, and your money, close the deal, pitch for a deal, please your boss, manage your boss. It's like a routine. But be alert. Live in the present because God is able. God is able and even as you live in the present, God says, I'm about to do something brand new. And sometimes when we taste of the goodness of God and that God comes in a certain way, His goodness comes in a certain package, and we think that it will always happen like that all the time. And so much so, when God gives you something else in a different package altogether, you're like, huh? Like that one? Ah? Is it? So, I want you to know that God is doing something new, brand new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? I know that it is hard to perceive it when you are looking through the eyes of your naked eye. It is hard. So pray and ask the Lord, God, please give me and open my eyes of faith that I might see, that I might perceive, that I might understand the times and the season that I am going through. God is doing a new thing. Notice that in the scripture, he says, I am doing a new thing. Not I will do a new thing, or I think I will do a new thing, or I could do a new thing, or I might do a new thing. God says, I, 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 I will do a new thing. I will, and I am doing a new thing. But if you're stuck in your past, thinking about the bad things that have happened to you, all the things you regret, and can't do anything about, then you won't see what God is going to do right now. So I would encourage you today, tell the Lord God, help me. Help me. Help me. I can't do it by myself. Help me. 
So now we know that God is going to do something new. But then it would need us to change. So how do we change? Let's turn with me to John chapter 15, verse 5. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever lives in me and I in him bears abundant fruit. However, apart from me, you can do nothing. You need to change, yes. But you can't change by your own strength. No matter how you try, how hard you try, it will not happen because you can't do it on your own strength. I love this scripture because it reminds me that God, He doesn't expect me to change on my own. He is our power source. He is our power source and He gives us the grace and the strength we need to do what's right and to make changes in our lives. And all we need to do, can you tell your friend next to you, all we need to do is remain in Him. That's all we need. Now here, here's what we can do to bring about change. Um, we need to hear the truth in God's Word and we are convicted by it. So you need to come to church. You need to hear the Word of God. Do not at the first sign of difficulty run and leave and hibernate. But at the first sign of a challenge, and the first sign of a trial, a first sign of a challenge, that you come to church because you need to hear God's Word. And when you hear God's Word, you will be convicted by it. And it is the Word of God that shows us who we are and reveals perhaps the sin and the lacking in our lives. We have to realize also that when we are doing wrong, we, we need to realize, sorry, that we are doing wrong before we know what needs to be changed and how to go about it. If you say change, 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 change what? You need to know what you need to change in your life. And you need that. Then, when you know what is wrong, you know what is it that you need to change, what you need to do then is repent of our sin. We need to repent and we need to ask God to forgive us. Being repentant means we are sincerely sorry and willing to turn away from it. And the next step we need to do is this, is to study the Word of God in the area that we need to change. If you, if you are having a tough time with anger, study the Word of God about anger. If you need patience, study the Word of God. You know, it's so cute when people say, Lord, give me patience and give me patience now. It will not happen. When you pray and ask God, God, give me patience, it's a very difficult prayer because God will test you. And in doing that, He will grant you patience. Right? So study the, God in, uh, study the Word of God in the area we need to change. And use the Word of God like a medicine. You know, when you are sick, you go to the doctor, right? Doctor, doctor, I'm sick. Can you please give me something? And then the doctor will give you something. In the same way as you are not feeling well spiritually, you go to the Word of God. And when you do that, you apply the Word of God like a medicine and take it into your heart and in your mind. There is power in God's Word. Amen? And God's Word will bring change to our souls. So how do we change? We change by hearing the Word of God and allowing the Lord to do that change in our lives. The third thing is, when change takes place, we can expect. Do you know, most of the time, that we want change to take place fast. We live in a fast generation, right? Fast food, uh, microwave, everything fast. The phone is a bit slow, so you're like, why so slow? 
you know. How come it's so slow? I need to change the phone because it's not fast enough for me anymore. But I want you to know this. Change is a process. Joseph, you know Joseph? Joseph went through drastic changes in his life. He was from the pit and he went to the prison and then he went to the palace. Such drastic changes. But it all took a long, long time. Secondly, change means a new mindset. What does change mean? A new mindset. And there was this particular area in which I wanted to share for a long time. And that is this. All of us here, even as you are sitting here right now, I want you to ask yourself this question. You are here in the house of the Lord. But are you a son of God, a daughter of God, or are you just a servant in the house? What are you? So then you ask me, what is the difference between being a son and being a daughter and then being a servant? I think there are a couple of differences that we can see. It says this, a son is a builder of his father's estate. He builds to inherit. He builds to inherit. But a servant, on the other hand, he builds for his master, but he builds for his wages. Therefore, there is a difference in commitment. The servant is there to make money, but a son is there to take his father's estate to another level. A son is meant to share the vision of the father. So today, may I ask all of us here, are you a son? Are you a daughter? Or are you a servant? What mentality do you have? And as you come to church, are you coming because you want to see what the church can give to you? You want to see what the church can offer you. You want to see, you want to sit down at the pew and you want to wait and see what, what the church has or what the pastor has. Or do you come to church bringing all that you have and say, Lord, I am your son. This is my house. And in this house, I will bloom and I will plant and I will be bloomed and I will serve. Or do you say, oh, this place is no good, lah, this church. Let's go to another place. Let's go to a place where, you know, things are more, maybe more happening or I don't know. But I want you to know this. We must be sons and daughters of God. That is the change that we need to have. So first, change is the process, and then change means we need to have a new mindset. The next thing is change requires new commitment. Even as you have decided to change and you want to do something about it, it takes time. It takes commitment. It takes new effort. Next thing, change is hard work. Do you know we always say, God, bring in the harvest, bring in the harvest, bring in the harvest to church. But do you know when, the, when it is harvest time, it's not a time to rest. It's not a time to relax. It's a time to, to work. It's a time where you need to pull up your sleeves and say, okay, you know, what is it I can do? You know, what is it that I can contribute? What can I do? If it's harvest time, it's revival time, it is busy time. It's a time where you need to work. Next one, change can be scary and uncomfortable. It keeps us on our toes. Do you remember when Peter was in the boat and when he saw Jesus 
walking on water. Do you remember that? And even as G, uh, Peter saw Jesus, what did Peter do? Peter stepped out of the boat. Was it scary? How many of you, if you were, you were Peter, Jesus asked you to come, will you go? Will you step out of the boat? You must be crazy. <laughs> exactly that's what was going through in the minds of, I'm sure in the mind of Peter. But Peter, at the end of the day, he chose to step out of the boat. And as a result, he walked on water. If you want to see God move in your life, you need to take that step of faith. If you want to see the impossible happen in your life, you have to see, you have to take that step of faith. And I always tell the children, children, they, they love to ask questions. You know, Pastor, Pastor, how you know God answer your prayers? I don't think God answered my prayers, you know. Then I will ask the child, so have you prayed? Did you ask God? Did you even give God a chance to answer your prayer? If you have not, then it's time to do that. And God will answer your prayer. Amen. Change also means we change the way we do things. Remember, Peter was on a boat and he was trying to fish for some fish. And he was fishing the whole day and he caught. What did he catch? He caught nothing. But here comes Jesus and Jesus told him, Cast your net on the other, on the other side. Sometimes we've been doing things the same way all the time and then we are not yielding any results. So, here comes Jesus telling you, cast your net on the other side. And then, you know what happened after that. So, change takes faith. A faith not in our abilities or skills, but in God. You know that Jesus changed the way people perceive about the tax collectors? Right? Jesus changed the mindset of culture when he approached the Good Samaritan woman. Jesus challenged the status quo. The Israelites who wanted freedom, yeah, from captivity was struggling with change. They asked, they want to go free, ma. They don't want to be in captive anymore, captivity anymore. They want to leave. But as they were leaving, they began to complain. As you see in Exodus chapter 14, verse 1, you can go back and read. In Numbers also 21, verse 5. And you begin to realize it is easier to fall back into captivity because they were so used to it. They said, why do you bring us out only to die? There's no food in this place. If we remain in Egypt, you know, we have tons of meat to eat. But, remember this. It's always easy to fall back. It's always easy to fall back into our comfort zone, into captivity. But I want you to know this. Jesus is your firm foundation. You will not be shaken. You will not be shaken. And the fourth thing is, in the midst of change, we must realize this. You need to trust in the Lord. Can you tell your other neighbor, you need to trust in God. Trust in God with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. But in all your ways, acknowledge Him. And the scripture also says in Psalms chapter 20, verse 7, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord. We use it to modernize the scripture and we will say that some trust in cars, some trust in credit cards, some trust in the bank account. But we should trust in the name of the Lord. So in the midst of change, we must then let go and let God and allow God to change us. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 16 to 7, it says, Pour new wine for new wineskins. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch will pull away from the garment. 
making the tear worse. Neither do people pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skin will burst and the wine will run out and the wineskins will be ruined. So no, don't pour new wine into new wine, uh, old wine. Sorry, don't pour new wine into old wineskins. Can you turn and tell, your, and tell yourself right now, say, Lord, help me to be a new wineskin. Help me to be that new wineskin. The next thing is, in the midst of change, we must ask the Lord to renew a right spirit within me. Do you know that when we go through changes, it's so easy to complain. It's so easy to grumble, murmur, and be ungrateful. But you just pray and ask the Lord and say, God, renew a right spirit within me. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. When you embark on a change, don't give up. Keep on going. Take another step, another step, and another step. Do not give up. And just ask the Lord, give me a renewed spirit, a steadfast spirit. Another version says, create in me a loyal spirit, a steadfast, a resolute, and a faithful spirit within me. And you and I know this, changes do not happen overnight. Unless it's the work of God. God can change immediately. And if God wants to do that, He's sovereign and He can. But otherwise, it usually doesn't happen overnight. But if we are determined to trust God and obey His word, He will be faithful to us and give us the grace and strength as we need to do what we need to do to experience the changes that He has for us. The key for us is to focus on God and the good things. Again, don't get stuck in your past, in your mornings, for the things you can't change or take back. Remember that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. He is a God of justice and recompense. And He wants to give you twofold blessing for your trouble. God loves you. Seek Him diligently and experience the righteousness, peace, joy He wants to give you today. So now, what happens if we resist change? Could you... Uh, the PowerPoint brothers, <laughs> could you turn to the one that says to the few men who are sitting in the boardroom? Yes, that's the one. It says this, what if, you, what if we don't change at all and then something magical just happens? Do you think change will come just like that? If you don't do anything, you just sit down. If you're running a business, you just sit down, don't do anything, don't make any changes, don't take any risks. Maybe have one or two mistakes, what's going to happen? We will be on the losing end. Take a look at two brands, Nokia and Kodak. Do you see them in the market anymore? As I was growing up, I remember Kodak. A Kodak moment. But now, do you see them in the market anymore? No. Kodak has gone bankrupt. And Nokia has lost tremendous amount of market share. Last time we used to always say, wow, I got Nokia, man, cool. Now, <laughs> you got Nokia. <laughs> so companies that changed their business models became successful. Well, some of the companies, let's take a look at the next slide. Some of the companies that embrace change will be things like YouTube, la, Google, Facebook, Apple. Who's got Apple phone? Cool, isn't it? See, these are the companies that embrace change. The changes that were made unlocked new dimensions of revenue and profitability. Heights that would never have been reached by staying the course. You know, sometimes you have been on that same course the whole time, but not yielding anything at all. Why stay on course? Change. You need to change. Making such changes requires both the foresight to know that existing strategies are ill-suited for future opportunities and the discipline to enact 
fundamental shifts in our corporate focus. Uh, did you know? I wanted to share this story with you. How many of you, you know Wrigley? You know Wrigley? Wrigley, the chewing gum, right? But did you know that actually Wrigley was not a company that sold chewing gum in the first place? Let me tell you this. William Wrigley Jr. stumbled upon the value of gum while giving it away for free. He gave it away for free. Why? Because he was actually selling another product. I can't remember. Oh, soap and baking powder. He was a soap and baking powder salesman. But he thought, hey, maybe I should give free gum. And when I give, give free gum, then my sales will go up. But lo and behold, what happened was this. People were going for the gums, not going for his products. So at the end, he made the change. And what he did, he went to manufacture his own chewing gum brands, Juicy Fruit, Spearmint, and even Double Mint. And today, the company grosses billions in revenue and is one of the most recognizable brands in American history. Another story. Have you heard of Nintendo? Everybody knows Nintendo, right? Did you know that Nintendo was not a company that actually, actually, you know, started with producing electronic gaming devices? Well, Nintendo was actually a company selling playing cards to vacuum cleaners. Instant rice a taxi company, and also there was a short-stay hotel, and they called the hotel Love Hotel. I wonder what goes on in that Love Hotel. But it was in 1966 that Nintendo started producing electronic games and consoles, which gained wide popularity over the following 30 years. Any Nintendo fans here? Yeah, all right. So, you see, Nintendo, he, they embraced change. They changed what they were initially doing. Now, I would like to show you a short video on Fujifilm. だから、もうそれはだって、で、その先10年、7年、8年、10年、このぐらいどうなるかって言ったらもうほとんどもうないだろう。で、これ大変なことだと。で、どうするかと。It is a rather striking realization that the same chemicals, same processes that help prevent fading of colors in photography also apply to skin and helps prevent skin from sagging and fading. ダウンサイズしていろんな生産設備やなんかをダウンサイズで守りますよと。そういうふうにディジタルばっかりじゃない。アナログの餌もあるよ。また戻ってきてる動きもある。そういう動きもあるんだけども、我々はそういう意味で
Don't stay on the course just because it is your tradition. Just because you've been doing it all the while doesn't mean that it's good. Doesn't mean you come to church all the time and you do the same thing again and again and you think it's good. I want to encourage you and challenge you this evening to embrace change and to decide with a resolute heart that you want to have a change in your life. We want to have a change in our church. We want that. Anybody wants that change in our church? Are you happy with what's going on now? With, with look around you. Scuba, huh? Scuba, huh? Okay, what? But I want you to know this. This is not good enough. This is not good enough. Do I hear an amen? We need to change. We need to embrace the time of change. And we need to change. This is how Fujifilm did it. And they stayed on course. They were back from the brink. And they are thriving again. So I want you to know change is good. Don't resist change. And tell yourself, I want change. Change doesn't happen on its own. So you pray this prayer. Lord, change me. Change me. And finally, we can take comfort that we belong to a God who never changes. His love will never change. No matter what, His love will be here. He is faithful forever and ever. So next week, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, we are all going to move to where? Hawaiian. I want you to know this. It is not merely as what Pastor Gwen, she was sharing, you know, in that video. So cool, right? It looked like Pastor Vincent last time. Welcome to Welcome. But I want you to know this. That is not just a physical move. It's not. It's not. It's not. It is a spiritual move. And I want you to know that even as you walk the journey to Hall 1, that I want you to know that God is going to do something new. In our lives, in our church, in our community, in our nation, and also in our children. God wants to do that. So it is not just a physical move. It is a spiritual move. A spiritual shift towards a new season. Are you ready for that new season? Come on church, are you ready for that new season? Do you know it is exciting, but it's also scary, but it's also many, many other things. But God is going to do something new. But it, all, it also takes your part. You need to come with a new mindset. You need to come with a new heart, if I may put it that way. You need to come with that new heart. And say, God, I want to be a part of something new. And when you do that, I want you to know that God will change things in your life too. You always think, I want to serve God when everything is settled in my house. But let me tell you this, it doesn't work that way. You come, you serve the Lord, you give Him your all, you decide that you want to do something, and God will order your home. He will order your work. He will order your career. He will order your children. And even as you do that, I want you to know this again and again. That God is going to do something new. Let's read it again. Isaiah 43 verse 18 to 19. Do not earnestly remember the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, Everyone say, Behold. Everyone say, Behold. 
get ready. I am going to do a new thing. It is springing forth. It is coming. Do you not perceive it? Do you not sense it? Do you not know it in your heart? God is going to do something. And there is a group of young adults that will be anchoring this service. And there is a group of young adults whom God has quickened their hearts to be a part of this new thing that God is going to do. Any one of you who are the new young adults, will you stand to your feet? Oh, suddenly there's no one. Come on, where are the new? Where are the young adults? Satu, dua, tiga, empat. Oh my goodness, where's everyone? Are they doing something new already? <laughs> Alright, you, you may be seated. But it, I know it all starts with a group of small, a group, small group of people. But the ripple effect will take place and there is something new that's going to happen. Are you excited? Are you excited? If you're excited, would you stand to your feet tonight, this evening, as we continue to look to the Lord. And I want you to think about your life even right now. It's time for change. It's time for change. It's time to let go of the past and go for the new beginning. It's time that you be ready for what comes with change. In the midst of the change, in the process, in the journey, we must continue to trust the Lord. Behold, 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 I am going to do a new thing.